What I want to say is not meant to offend. It is to challenge us, and I say us as a whole. And at the same time, uh, it may cause us to understand that we need to move out of our comfort zone. Um, I'm sorry that the church is not full tonight of all of its members. Because a number of you, what I'm going to say, is probably not applicable. But there will be parts that are applicable to each one of us. We are called for a time and a place and a set of circumstances and purpose as a church to achieve our calling. I will be, in a sense, kind of like a John the Baptist without the locusts or the animal skins. Firstly, I'm grateful and humble and inspired and honored by what the Longstraw Baptist Church has done and accomplished in Jesus' name. With the likes of Drew and Gene and Lane and Wayne and Leroy and Patricia and many others before them and even now. We are at a point in the church, our church's status, that we have to be honest with ourselves and to put things into perspective. What I'm wanting to share is not about Brother Larry and his decision to retire, but about us as a church. We can't just come to church and sit in our pews, and we can't just come to the church and be fed, for we are mature Christians, and we are to be feeding ourselves and feeding others spiritually. For it is our calling to use our time, our talents, our gifts of the Spirit and experience in being disciples of Christ. We are also expected to tithe. I have not always been a tither, but over time it wasn't about giving to a church or to a pastor, but it was rendering unto Caesar or the government what is theirs and unto the Lord's what is the Lord's without excuse. Every time we go to the store, we don't question or even stop to think about the taxes that we pay for. But with rationalization or flesh talk, we talk ourselves out of our giving to ministry, which offers salvation. What was is past. There are not any more, we used to do it this way or that way. What it is, is what it is. What will be is a matter of our attitudes, our energies, gifts, and commitment to our Lord and Savior and His ministry in carrying out His will. When I was a lay missionary in the country of Jordan serving as a school principal to 99% Muslims in that school in the hills of Gilead, we had to cut backs at that time. A lot of what we did in ministry was based on Lot and Moon Christmas offerings. And so my job as the principal, even though the people in that school in a poor village we're only given about 
of the cost for their child's education. And in the auditorium, I had to call all the parents in one day, <clears throat> being the rich Americans, you understand, and being Christian and being in a Muslim country. And my job was I was going to have to convince them that they had to step up and do more. So I approached it this way. I see your children come to school every day eating all kinds of candy and gum. And I see many of your parents who like your tobacco. And yet, which is more important? Your child's education? Or are you making the sacrifice for your child's education? Most of the mission didn't believe that they would step up, but they did. It had a lot to do with the approach, and it wasn't because I'm so smart and intelligent, but that's what the Lord laid on my heart that I needed to say. So there was a football player, <clears throat> true story, who got into a car accident or had a car accident. The coach went in to talk to him about, you know, his future and stuff. And the player said to his coach, I'm injured, but I'm not dead. So quit treating me like I am. So he went on to perform in the Handicap Olympics and won. So he was a person that persevered. He didn't quit. And he didn't make excuses because he had been injured. The three glasses here are jars or containers. I had to do a little scrubbing to get the labels off. Represent us, but it's different sizes and shapes. Within each one of these, there's the capacity of what God has given us in gifts and talents and energies, wisdom, and a lot of other things that go in there. Plus also the ability to work and the tithe and give him his portion. And as you can see, we have this capacity, and in some cases we can see each level in there, and each level represents amount of accomplishment. But we also have a situation that's in our church with 60 to 70 percent of our congregation who are on fixed incomes, and they also are aging. Now. In that case, you can say, well, they've accomplished so much and now it's just time to come to church and sit and relax. No. Until we pass, we work for his kingdom. And we don't make excuses. We might say, well, I can't do this, I can't do that. But I can use the telephone and I can call. There are things you can do. So that's the whole point. So... We are either givers or we're takers. We have two choices. We either step up and make a difference in being a tree or short-lived, and that's an evergreen, or we'll sit back and wither away like a leaf falling off of a tree or short-lived annual or longer-lived perennial I'm doing this for Miss Barr. 
but we're not an evergreen. However, I prefer to be an evergreen, a plant that produces being an alpha omega from the beginning to the end, my God-given journey. I ask not what my church or God can do for me, but what I can do for my church and God to make a difference. We have some major and immediate changes in front of us other than the survival of this church. We are here to elect a pastor search committee and for our church councils stepping up and taking on more responsibility and evaluating our present status and where and how we're going to move forward, we do not want to become a statistic. In our community, and there are statistics in our community, what we want to do is not to be a statistic in our community, our parish, our state, our country, our world. We have responsibility because if we become a statistic, Satan rejoices that he has closed another church. Again, this is not about Pastor Larry retiring. Folks, this is not about one pastor or one person, but it is about asking, what is it that I can do for my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, spiritual battle for his kingdom. We cannot afford one person having something that they can give, but instead just being a pew sitter. When I say these things, I say it first and foremost to myself. Before I turn to before I can turn to you, I'm like a coach. If you're not a contributor with your time, talents, gifts, and ties, then you are a bench player. As a coach, I've taught, whether in high school or overseas, I've always had the chant, Gia, which means give your all. And I feel one thing about the intensity of my teams, I really feel as though they laid it on line, they would step up, and give their all. I didn't say that they won every time, but they did give their all. And we don't want to be in our minds and hearts what is called a slacker. And we all know what that is. Again, I told you I'm a little bit of a John the Baptist. Let me share some scriptures with you here, and then I'll be finished. Who we are. In Proverbs 13:4, the soul of the sluggard desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat, blessed. Proverbs 12:24, the hand of the diligent shall bear rule, prosper, but the slothful shall be under tribute, in other words, in debt. Proverbs 14, 23. And all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tend only to do nothing. 
Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that the Lord, you shall receive the reward of inheritance. John six twenty seven. Labor not for the meat which perishes, which is temporary. This seems to be where most of the modern church is today. But for that meat which endures unto everlasting life is eternal. In Galatians 6, 4, and 5, But let every man prove his own work. Then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. In Colossians 3.23, And whosoever and whatsoever you do, do it heartily, as with commitment, as to the Lord and not unto men. And lastly, 1 Timothy 5.8, But if any provide not for his own, and specifically, or especially, for those of his own house, he has denied faith and is worse than an infidel as such. I'm getting close to the end. Just bear with me. But this is what we're all about and what we need to have our focus on our goal and why we do what we do as Christians. It's from the NIV translation, and it's on Revelations 22. It's going to be verse 24, on uh, uh, chapter 22, verse 4 onward. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. That is our goal. The angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must take place. Jesus is coming. Behold, I'm coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you, your brothers, the prophets, and all who keep the words of this book. Worship God. Then he told me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book because the time is near. Let him who does wrong continue to do wrong and let him who is vile to continue to be vile and let him who does right continue to do right and let him who is holy be holy. Behold, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give it to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last and the beginning and the end. 
Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right of the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs who practice magic arts, deception, the sexual immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Stars, Mr. Emery. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share of the tree of life in the holy city, which are described in this book. And he who testifies to these things say, yes, I am coming. And soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Question. Questions to ponder. What is our purpose as an individual and as a church until the Lord Jesus returns? Are we in a state of just coasting or on a treadmill of repetition of being in our comfort zones until he comes or until we go to meet him? How have we prepared for his second coming? How are our lifestyles in keeping with verse 7? And are we harvesters or in a state of waiting and giving our all until he comes? Last scripture. And I close. Mark 21, 25, 26. These signs are primary supernatural in origin. Orchestrated by God, they are meant to awaking, awaken sleeping humanity out of its spiritual slumber before the end of history. We cannot afford to sleep. This church cannot rest on its past. It's got to think of its future. And we have to embrace the Lord's word and seek his will and direction for this church. But we don't want to become a statistic in the favor of Satan.